Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. We've been talking about praying and fasting and, and been posting a few things up uh, throughout every day as a little devotional guide to get us started on the day. And, and so we're lot, dealing with a lot of things to pray about. We've talked about different themes to pray about, but I'm trying to use the Sundays to, to talk about the fasting part and and the values of fasting, and not just a checklist of spiritual do's and don'ts, but different things that can that have happened in the past, and maybe where God could use fasting in the future uh, by looking at some of these opportunities. Last week, looked at how Moses went up on the mountain, came back down with the with the Ten Commandments, and he was glowing. There was a transformation. We talked about what does it mean to pray and fast. Well, it should mean not checking off a box, but being transformed. And today, I want to look at a at, at how the church, thousands of years after that experience, how the church was taking off after Jesus had died and uh, uh, was resurrected and he ascended, and now the church is growing and spreading throughout the Roman Empire in first century Rome. And we're in the town of Antioch in Acts chapter 13. And, and the Bible says this, Among the prophets and teachers of the church of Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, uh, called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Manaean, the childhood companion of King Herod, Antipas, and Saul. And one day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. So the church had these talented people, had prophets and who were proclaiming the words of God. They had teachers who were explaining it. Um, and and you had also this this unique diversity, uh, this ethnic diversity and and geographical diversity. People were gathering in the church that it wasn't just this same. It wasn't just a one race church. The church was growing, and it was it was doing exactly what what Jesus had said it would do. It even had some political diversity. It has the uh, has a childhood friend of King Herod, and and truthfully, the Herods didn't have a great uh, reputation as uh, uh, they were pretty antagonistic to Christianity. And so here's a friend that grew up with uh, with King Herod Antipas, and, and yet he's in this church, and he's worshiping God. And then you got Saul, who converted from Judaism, and now he's in there. And you got Barnabas, who's a, uh, just a solid believer. And they're praying, and they're fasting, and God says, okay, I want Paul, and I want Barnabas, and I've got this special work for them. And, and so the group hears the Spirit of God, appoint them, call them out. And so they continue to pray and fast and they lay hands on them and send them out to the task. And in this um, this calling out, there wasn't necessarily a direction of where to go, but they were going to be sent along, or as they were going to be sent along, they would listen and go where God would lead them, but with the goal that the world would hear who Jesus is. And so the Bible says that they that they're traveling in and around this area of Paphos, and they, they bump into a sorcerer or a, a magician or a false prophet. And, and so as they are going around, um, Paul and I'm going to pick up the, the passage in Acts chapter uh, chapter 13, verse 9. It says, but, but Saul, who was also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fixed his gaze on him, this sorcerer who's, who's, who's bothering them, and he says, you who are full of deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord? 
Now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and not see the sun for a time. And immediately a mist and a darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking those who would lead him by the hand. The scripture says that then the governor or the proconsul saw what had happened, and he became a believer, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. And so what we see here is that, that one of the first things that happens after their time of praying and fasting and they're sent out is they go out and they're met with someone who is, is, is being led by the devil, is influenced by the, uh, the evil one. And, it, and the scripture says that Paul looks at him and, and curses him, basically, if that's that maybe not the word you, but passes judgment on him. And he goes into this blindness. But it's interesting what Paul says when right before he does this. He says, you who are full of deceit and evil, son of the devil, uh, enemy of all righteousness, and you, you do not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord. God's ways are straight, but the enemy wants to make them crooked. He wants to confuse us so much that we're going around turn by turn by turn. We think, are we ever going to make it? And it seems so impossible, yet God wants it to be straight. And so Paul and Barnabas are sent out, and they're, they're facing the enemy of God, the devil, Satan. And, and what, I, what I see here is something special, not only from the time of praying and fasting, but was getting ready to take place. And God sets them aside. Why? Because the whole church had been praying. He easily could have sent some of the prophets. He could have sent Lucius. He could have sent Menaean. But he called Paul and Barnabas for this special work. And this special work, at least in the very beginning, was to put the enemy on notice. Uh, maybe that's a, that's a phrase that let's just think about for a second. When someone is put on notice, it's, hey, you've got, like, say you're in a job and you have a review and they say, you've got 30 days to turn this around. If not, we're going to move on with someone else. And when you think about a notice, it's usually a reminder that, um, change is coming. And so we see that as Paul and, and Barnabas are going around to these, these places, you're going to see it more often later in the New Testament, but right off the bat, they confront the enemy. It wasn't like easing into this something special that God had for them. It was, they were going to put the enemy on notice. You've been, you've been making road, straight roads crooked for too long, devil. Um, the word of the Lord is here. And, and, and now the enemy, it doesn't have the free reign. What I think is really powerful about this passage is when, when we pray and we fast, God is raising up. I, I think he wants to raise up the church to be more bold when it, when, it, when it refers to standing up at the enemy. We need to be putting the enemy more at, on notice. Your ways, your crooked ways are done. How many families have been destroyed? Because the enemy said, oh, just take that little turn there. And maybe around here, it won't, it won't be too bad. You can get back on the ramp and get straight again later. It's time for the church to stand up to the enemy and, and put the enemy on notice. But we can't just do that without the power of the Spirit. And so we need the prayer and the fasting for that. Scripture says that the governor of the town or the pro-council sees the authority in which they spoke, and he becomes a believer. When the enemy is put on notice, he flees and it creates opportunity 
for Christianity to invade the dark space that once occupied it. And people can come to know the Lord. Um, maybe you think, well, that's that's scary. Going up against the enemy. And, and don't get me wrong, I I agree with you. But the scripture gives us hope here in in early on in Isaiah. Uh, the prophet Isaiah gave this word to the children of Israel, to the people of God. He said, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that can, accuses you in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. The Bible says that the enemy will want to judge us and condemn us and cause us guilt and to to create an impasse for us. But no weapon formed against us will prosper. The Lord is our strength. The Lord is our refuge. The Bible says that as Paul and Barnabas continue to go down and, and they're, they're speaking, they one day later on here in Acts chapter 13, they go into a temple. And as they go into the temple, it says, on the Sabbath, they went to the, the synagogue for services. And after the usual readings from the books of the Moses and the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message. Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. Well, And so what they do is they go into the temple, but it, it, I found it was interesting, is after the readings of the books of Moses and the prophets, after the usual readings, after the What's typical on a Saturday service in the Sabbath, God opens up an opportunity for them to speak a word of encouragement to the believers. What happens is when after through prayer and fasting, we can be empowered to, to meet the enemy on his turf, uh, but we can also be the ones who challenge the status quo. When you think about status quo, you think, well, the same old, same old all the time. Uh, maybe the, the the repetitive nature of things, uh, doing it the same way all the time and realizing, is that really working? And the Bible says that Paul and Barnabas were set aside for this special work to disrupt the status quo. Church, I just want to say, I think we're called to disrupt the status quo. I don't think that means we're to be overtly rebellious just, uh, just to show off. But I think where, where we need to stand up we need to stand up. When we are given opportunities for words of encouragement, we give them. Now, what's interesting is they they go back and they share the history of the Jews to this group. So the, the thousands of years of history really goes all the way back to the Passover event where the Jews were released from Pharaoh's hand. And and I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that, that the, the foundation of the faith really goes all the way back you can go back to Abraham, but the, the pivotal moment in the Jewish history was the Passover when they were released, and it's referred back to over and over again. And Paul refers to this, but he also goes on and he says, but you've abandoned your way. So his word of encouragement is also a strong word, and he challenges the status quo. The scripture says in the New Testament, when Jesus goes into the temple and and he goes there and he sees that the money changers have created a new status quo of sacri the sacrificial system. And it was one that was not pleasing to God. He goes in, he flips over the tables, and he challenges it. God has called us to not be part of this lukewarm status quo system, 
but to engage in prayer and fasting to seek his will because he's always up to something new. And if we're not careful, we can do things as it says here after the usual readings of the books of the law, after the usual church service, after the usual way in which I go about my Christian walk. God doesn't want usual. He wants an unusual pouring of the Holy Spirit on each and every one of us. And in the last days, he's going to pour it out on all men and all women. And the, and, and what's going to happen is you're going to see your young men, your your, your young women and, and, the, and the older ones. There's going to be dreams and there's going to be prophecies and there's going to be speaking for the Lord. There's going to be a boldness. And, and I think that we need to be preparing for that through prayer and fasting. Uh, we don't want to be status quo. Um, we don't want to look at the end of our lives and say, yeah, I, I kind of just did it. Average. No, we want to be set apart for something special as he did with Paul and Barnabas. Um, the scripture says that a little later on in that same chapter, there's a lot going on here. Um, it says in, in Acts chapter 13, verse 46, then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and declared, uh, it was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews. So they go in and the people don't listen to them. And it says, but since you have rejected it and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we will offer it to the Gentiles. And so what happens is Paul then shifts gears and starts offering salvation to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish believers. God is raising up new hearers or new listeners, uh, those who would have ears to hear would would be allowed to experience. Um, when God set aside Paul and Barnabas through this time of praying and fasting, it was going to be for something special. It was to put the enemy on notice. It was to challenge the status quo, but it was also to be a light in the darkness so that new listeners, new hearers can join in and be part of the kingdom of God. Romans says this, and Paul writes it to the church uh, back at Rome later on. He says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him who they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are sent? If, if we don't send people out, how are people going to hear about the good news of Jesus? Well, I would say, how are they going to hear if, if, if we are not listening in and as we started in Acts chapter 13, they heard from the Spirit through praying and fasting. I hope this is encouragement to you to, to spend some time in fasting. Maybe it's a meal. Maybe you can't fast 21 days and three meals a day. But find a time where you, uh, and you say, I don't know if I can do the whole fast. Well, get some, get some, um, get some uh, fruit or some nuts and maybe not a full meal and set aside some time and just take your Bible there and, and go spend time in praying. But, but try to find this quiet time to where you can listen to him. The church in Antioch heard what would have happened if they had not been praying and fasting. They would have, there would have been people who had not heard, who wouldn't get to hear the gospel. What happens if you and I on our shift, we miss hearing from God and, and we miss this something special this work that God has set aside for us. Church, let's pray that God would find us worthy to set us apart for something special for him. God, we thank you for today. Would you see us as a church that's willing to listen to your voice and then do what you say? Use us in some way special, we pray. In Jesus' name. 
For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church.